Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Giese, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Normally on the podcast, we are talking sports. Occasionally, I'll leave my sports comfort zone and talk entertainment. But on this special edition of the podcast, I'm focusing on the news, specifically the coronavirus pandemic. It continues to affect the lives of people worldwide. Here in New York State, Governor Andrew Cuomo has been providing daily updates on the coronavirus' effects in the state. How are things in the Capital Region? Well, I sat down with three of the Daily Gazette reporters who have been following the situation, Pete DeMola, John Cropley, and Steve Williams. First up is Pete DeMola. Well, Pete, thanks for coming on the podcast. I know you've been uh, very busy with the coverage of the coronavirus. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's certainly an interesting time that we're uh, all living in right now. Yeah. Uh, just talk about your, your coverage. I mean, you've been around town, around the area. What is the mood like out there? The mood is, you know, people are anxious, people are panicked. Uh, you know, generally my day starts uh, around 10 o'clock. Uh, you know, I think what's become a ritual for all of us is watching the governor's daily uh, press announcements. And then, you know, basically what I do is I take that information and I go out in real time and see how people are reacting to it. Uh, you know, it really wasn't until last week when... Uh, you know, he started issuing the orders to start limiting crowd sizes, uh, then requiring restaurants to close, uh, then requiring, you know, beauty salons to close and tattoo parlors, and then uh, ultimately uh, issuing the order on Sunday, uh, requiring, you know, all uh, businesses that are considered to be non-essential by the state to to require all uh, people people to work from home, which effectively, you know, shutters those businesses. So... It's a matter of just going out in real time. Uh, a lot of interviewing, you know, probably uh, over 100 people now on this. And the business owners are just scrambling to react just like the rest of us. And unfortunately, a lot of those uh, places are no longer open. Yeah. Um, yeah we obviously, you know, he's mentioned uh, Governor Cuomo, his daily brief, uh, briefings. I mean, you, you drive around Schenectady right now. And I, when I come into work now, just the traffic, it just seems lesser and lesser each day. It just almost seems like a ghost town out there. Yeah, this really, you know, uh, today's, uh, for your listeners, today's Tuesday afternoon. And it, it wasn't until last Sunday when we started seeing uh, the real depletion of activity on the streets uh, I, I was, um, this is when businesses were still open, um, and there weren't really any kind of, uh, restrictions at that time, but I, even when places were still open, uh, people were heeding the orders not to congregate. I drove all the way from, uh, Wolf Road, uh, and the intersection of Wolf Road and Central Avenue, Albany, all the way to Brandywine Avenue, just hitting one red light, um, which is surreal. And I, then from there, I went all the way into Glenville, just hitting an additional two or three lights. Um, and that was about 10 days ago. Uh, now it's even more empty. And, uh, you know, in a sense, it's like a positive. Uh, it's positive because people are staying home. Uh, as we know, this thing spreads uh, through respiratory droplets. So 
and it stays alive on, on hard surfaces. Research is still being done on the transmission of, of COVID-19. So it's encouraging that people are staying home. It's obviously not good for the small business owners who are suffering. Uh, however, you know, there is a lot of people on the street who are not taking this seriously, and uh, that's very disconcerting. Why do you think these some of these people are not taking it seriously? I mean, we on Tuesday, President Donald Trump said he wants to have. Um, I even mean, probably said Monday night. The fact he wants uh, the things to be resolved by Easter and get uh, businesses back up there. I mean, does that does that concern the people? You know, the people and as a, maybe they're they're believing uh, Trump's uh, edicts. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, what what I'm seeing, you know, just. Re- you know, relaying what I'm seeing on the ground is that you have, on one hand, you have Governor Cuomo, um, you know, putting forth the very kind of take this seriously. I think uh, today on Tuesday he said, you know, this used to be a freight train, now it's a bullet train. Um, you know, today on Tuesday, the 24th, uh, his most kind of dire warning yet. And a lot of that is now being undercut by the president who is saying we need to, you know, we need to get the economy started within 15 days. Um, you know, the, the president has been just sending incredibly mixed messages on this, and that does have an effect on people because people do listen. And, you know, both of these kind of undercurrents are, are now in the American bloodstream. Um, so on one hand, people are hearing the governor. On the other, people are hearing the president. And, you know, I just had a conversation uh, this morning uh, with, a, uh, with somebody on the street uh, who is a business owner, a small business owner, and, you know, they were – unfortunately kind of downplaying the virus saying it's kind of like the flu uh it doesn't affect young people and you know it's much worse than the flu and it does affect young people so i i I think that um once those kind of messages is out on the street it's kind of very hard to stamp out i think you had a story recently about the schenectady police and how they're handling this situation can you talk a little bit more about that yeah, so on Saturday, uh, I went out with the city police. Again, this was Saturday. Uh, the previous Friday was when Governor Cuomo announced uh, all non-essential businesses would be shutting down. And then on Saturday was when the beauty parlors, nail salons, and tattoo shops were required to shut down. Uh, we were out in the city. You know, it was like a sunny Sunday. Uh, we mo- were mostly spending time in two different neighborhoods, Hamilton Hill and Mount Pleasant, both of which are, you know, the, na- the city's most impoverished. On one hand, you know, there, there was not a lot of people out, um, which was good. You know, there, were, there was not a lot of people congregating in parks. Cherry Burrell Park was empty. Uh, even at Central Park, um, didn't, didn't have a lot of activity, all of which is encouraging. Uh, but, you know, the city police... Uh, anticipate like huge ramifications for how they patrol Uh, they were already on display one of them being uh, now that businesses are closed they're going to be targets for break-in how do you monitor those but the the business businesses that are still open uh, you know they want extra attention we went to a local stewards where the day before a woman stole hand soap Uh, you know the employees were rattled Uh, so you got to balance that extra attention you know with the businesses that are now empty uh, the city police are now using uh, wagons to transport prisoners, not patrol cars. Uh, that slows down the process because previously you could just simply transport a suspect in the back of your patrol car. Now you got to wait for the wagon to arrive. When you're waiting for the wagon to arrive, other calls are stacking up. And then you got to sanitize the wagon after you process 
the transport. Meanwhile, calls are still coming in. Um, then you also have to balance uh, social distancing with public safety. So, for instance, um, you know, we saw a car roll through a stop sign. The guy wasn't wearing a seatbelt. It was a panel van. They're hard to see in. So, you know, I'm with the officer, and he's completely candid. And he's like, you know, normally it's as difficult as it is to pull over a panel van. You know, with other cars, there's a lot of glass. You can see inside. But now I don't know who this guy is, what he's doing, what kind of state of mind he's in. If he's infected, am I going to go take that risk uh, to go on a normal traffic stop when it might not be worth it? Uh, the same thing goes for, uh, you know, code inspections. For instance, now the city's connected is shut down. The city hall is, except for essential services. Uh, the codes department is only acting on uh, emergency calls. Ordinarily, you would have guys going throughout the city to check on uh, abandoned buildings, uh, vacant properties, things of that nature. Uh, so on, when we were out and about, we saw a building with, like, the window was wide open. Uh, several windows were open. Uh, it's unclear if they were broken. Uh, but clearly, you know, squatters are in the house. Are you going to go in and, you know, try to determine if there's a squatter in there? Uh, maybe get infected? Uh, to, to ultimately, you know, uh, give out what's a, a, a minor trespassing ticket. Um, so these are all like the really, really difficult situations law enforcement is in. And that's to say nothing about what they predict will be an increase in domestic violence cases as uh, people are cooped up in the house with each other, uh, more juvenile delinquent calls as, you know, possibly at-risk youth uh, are not in school with structure, and that has nothing to say about uh, the presence of alcohol. Alcohol uh, remains um, freely available to purchase, and liquor stores are essential. All of this is adding up to what is emerging as like a very, very uh, drastic landscape for law enforcement. Uh, as far as the city of Schenectady goes, you said you know, obviously shut down except for essential services. Uh, have you spoke with Mayor McCarthy in the recent days and what his, his um, reaction has been? Yeah, I spoke with Mayor McCarthy today, actually, Tuesday, um, the 24th, and uh, the mayor said that he's in constant touch with uh, state authorities, um, staying up to date on, on the most recent uh, directives. Uh, the mayor said that uh, he is uh, reassessing the city state of emergency, you know, uh, pretty much daily in accordance with those directives, and to his knowledge, uh, no city employees or department heads are under self-quarantine uh, due to suspected exposure to COVID. We haven't talked about the fire department. What's their status? The fire department is still, you know, much like the uh, like law enforcement, they're still, uh, you know, practicing the uh, social distancing, you know, one thing that is being done differently now is that once uh, first responders come to uh, a call, uh, they notify dispatch, and then dispatch will call the person to tell them to come outside. Uh, we saw that in effect on Saturday. Um, and, you know, the fire department is still doing what they ordinarily do, just with these increased uh, measures in mind. Well, Pete, appreciate a few minutes. I know you're busy and you have a lot more to write about, and unfortunately, the next few weeks. Uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, and um, look forward to continuing to 
uh, to cover to cover this uh, for our readers. And if anybody wants to add me on Twitter, it's P-M-D-E-M-O-L-A. That's my handle, P.T. Mola, and, you know, you could send me tips and, and ideas with that. Thank you. Yeah, you got a nice profile picture, too, I see, with the mask. Hey, you know, I, this is not a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, you know, the final thing I'll say is that out and about in the city all the time, uh, starting to see people wear masks, which is great. Uh, but this thing is very serious. Uh, it is spread through respiratory droplets, and everybody should be wearing a mask. Everybody. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Pete. Gazette business editor John Cropley joins me now. John, uh, how are things going? How are you holding up? I'm doing just fine, Ken. Uh, You know, we're working from home. My wife and I uh, are separate jobs. My son is here uh, from college. We've each got our own internet connection. It's all pretty fast, and uh, we're doing just fine so far. That's good to hear. Good to hear. So, your assessment of what's going on with this, I mean, you just wrote a story on Wednesdays as we taped this podcast on Wednesdays, Daily Gazette, also online, dailygazette.com. Are the hospitals really prepared for this? That, my sense is that they are. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think they can say that uh, because they, they do have these contingency plans in place uh, for unforeseen disasters. And what they basically had to do was adapt their existing plans for this particular emergency, which I would stress has not hit yet. We have not had the surge of patients in upstate hospitals that they've seen downstate. Um, And uh, I I thought uh, St. Mary's had a really interesting approach out in Amsterdam. They They have their old, the former Amsterdam Memorial Hospital that they've been using for other purposes, such as uh, outpatient procedures, and it's a very simple matter to just turn that back into a hospital if they do need one. Yeah, I mean the other issue, of course, are the the ventilators. Uh, Governor Cuomo was, you know, asking for I think over a hundred thousand. He's only been getting less than that. Uh, do the do the uh, medical professions professionals here in the capital region are they really concerned that they got to get these ventilators as soon as possible? I didn't pick up on that at all yesterday. They are confident that they have enough, um, but bear in mind also that enough is for for the number of patients they might get, not for the worst-case scenario. Uh, I don't think anybody has enough for the worst-case scenario, uh, but we, we don't know that the worst-case scenario comes to pass. There's a lot of efforts to block that from happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been also, you know, Covered, you wrote about the Cuomo press conference on uh, Tuesday. Uh, what sense do you get from watching um, Governor Cuomo and how he has handled this whole situation? I mean, I, I mean I've been watching the press conferences myself, and it's just, yeah, I think Tuesday was the first time I actually saw him getting angry or uh, discussing the situation you know, with regards to the president. But overall, I think he's had a calming effect not only on New York State, but uh, I think the, the rest of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's certainly uh, risen to the occasion. Uh, he does strike the right tone, I think, and uh, he's, he is saying reassuring things. And I'll tell you also that I, I had the same perception. There was a lot of frustration Tuesday, but he's, he's champed that down considerably today. Uh, I, I watched the 
the news conference not long ago, about 11, 11.15 it was today, and he was he took a more reserved tone, and uh, he, he does he does have some suggestions, but they weren't as as strong a demand as they might have been yesterday. Yeah. His, his, today, his, one of his concerns was that the Senate bailout bill, or the Senate uh, recovery bill, I should say, is does not provide a lot of money for New York State. He's looking at a potentially uh, multi-billion dollar budget hole from various purposes, not least not least of which, probably greatest of which, is COVID-19, and uh, there, there's nowhere near enough to cover that in, in the Senate bill, so he's, he's a little worried about that. Yeah, I almost, I mean, I don't want to get political here, but you almost wonder, you know, wait, President Trump uh, sometimes t- tweets at Governor Cuomo, and you wonder if there's some friction between those two. Yeah, I, I think like like most people who follow these uh, situation, there there's been a remarkable level of civility between the two in the last few weeks. Uh, I don't know what's below the surface. I don't know when they go back to their former selves, but they they do seem to both view this as a crisis from their from different viewpoints, but it's both of them see it as a crisis, and uh, you know, perhaps they have some different ways of approaching it, but they're, they're treating it seriously, certainly. Uh, John, you're obviously the business editor of the paper. I mean, what sense around the, the area do you get from these businesses? I know a lot of them are forced to close. Uh, restaurants uh, basically just take out or drive through only. Uh, what is the sense of how this is really affecting the economy of you know, the capital region and affecting the businesses? Boy, uh, that's you know that that this is probably an existential threat to some of them. Uh, if you have a business operating on a small margin, uh, you take away weeks worth of income and uh, do nothing for their expenses, such as rent and insurance and so forth. Uh, you know that's going to be a blow that some of them can't come back from. I, I think the determining factor becomes what sort of bailout provisions there are, and I use that word bailout, I don't mean it as a slur, but you know, what sort of assistance uh, is coming from the state and federal governments, and how long this lasts, and how severe it becomes. Uh, you know, there, 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 remain, there remain some people who feel like we should all be on total lockdown in our homes, and Governor Cuomo has firmly resisted that, but he has essentially shut down most public places, and the longer that continues, uh, A, the less income people have to spend, and B, the longer, uh, the longer businesses go without revenue of their own. So when they finally do reopen, they're badly weakened for lack of money, and their, their former customers are going to be considering their purchases very carefully. Yeah, and we saw, unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, the announcement at Cornell's restaurant in Schenectady, was shutting down because uh, they were really limited in what they could do. So I mean, we, we just we, that was really a start. You know, obviously some restaurants are trying to stay open, uh, and you know, hopefully the area will go out and you know, support these places. But uh, it's, eventually, it's going to take a toll. Sure, you know, I was I was sorry to see uh, Cornell's go. They are they're nice people. They they serve a good meal, and they worked really hard to uh, work, make that place over. Uh, you know, when they reopened it under its new name, new ownership. Um, uh, 
that's I have not seen a lot of people saying we're done, we're closed. I think I think they're they're optimistic and uh, they're waiting to see what happens. I, I, that's just my perception. It's not any sort of scientific or even unscientific survey, but you know this this thing hit hit all of a sudden. It wasn't a long long slide into a recession. It was just a sudden shutdown. So perhaps there's the hope that uh, it. It opens back up just as suddenly, uh, and uh, we, we really don't know when or if that happens. Well, I know President Trump was talking about trying to restart, get the economy going again on, on Easter, and a lot of people are pushing back and really it's not safe yet. So it's going to be, I think, really interesting situation when we get to Easter and uh, how if the economy starts up again and if uh, some businesses decide to, uh, to open again. Sure is, uh, and I don't know that he has the authority to order businesses back open. Uh, so that's that's going to be a very uh, hit or miss thing. You'll have governors in various states taking actions they think correct, or different health authorities. You know, we can we can speculate that Donald Trump's uh, main main point for re-election is the strength of the economy until three weeks ago. Uh, so if it tanks, you know, he's, he's, he looks very bad and that's very important to him to not look bad. Uh, we, we know that through his entire life. So, uh, there, there probably is a lot of political consideration as well as economic consideration. You know, I don't, I don't want to completely slam him because if you think about it, if you go into a deep recession, uh, a lot of people will not eat as well. They'll drive old cars that, uh, you know, the tires blow out and they crash and they get injured or killed. There, there's a real health impact to a great recession, just as there is to a, a pandemic that kills 1% of the people that it infects. And, uh, you know, how, how do you balance the two? How do you, how do you say, let's, let's cure, let's, keep anybody we can from being infected rather than let's keep everybody that we can with a steady income. Uh, There's Governor Cuomo's opinion, state opinion is that it's not a choice of either or. Do it right and you can get both. And I sure hope that's true. Well, John, I appreciate you coming on a few minutes. Uh, Stay safe at home and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the office uh, in a, a few weeks. Very good. I look forward to it. Gazette reporter Steve Williams joins me now. And Steve, uh, how in your career here at the Gazette, I mean, how crazy has this story been? I mean, it's like one, as I say, one one after another. It just seems like it's a never-ending uh, story, uh, story with this coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of the big stories I've covered it in a forty-year career. I mean, literally, you cannot predict what's going to happen tomorrow, and anything I say today could be obsolete. That's right. <laughs> As we yeah, we're taping this on Wednesday, uh, you've been monitoring Governor Cuomo's uh, press conferences. Uh, the job he's done with this, I mean, he's been me- calm, measured, and he's won a lot of uh, people over, especially uh, some of you know, there's a lot of uh, people, detractors of Governor Cuomo, but even I think even they are saying that he's done a terrific job with handling this whole uh, crisis. What is your, What are your thoughts? Well, it's been really interesting to watch him in action because he's a guy who is governor for you know eight years, held you know 
press conferences maybe every, well, three or four times a year. He would go months without holding a press conference. Now he's doing them once, sometimes even twice a day, and he's actually very masterful at it. He gives all sorts of detail. He gives perspective. And then when reporters ask him questions, he responds very personably, very much in detail. He's very good at a press conference, even though he apparently for years hated doing them. Just now, yeah, the, the presentation too, I think, helps. You mean on it was Tuesday about you talked about how this is really ramping up the apex. We haven't reached yet, and you, you, yeah, there was a chart there and, and, and on the screen showing how far he still had to go there. So the fact he, he's able to present this in a way that where people can see this and they actually have an idea of what's what the problem is. It's, do you think that's really been helpful? I think that really has been helpful. It helps everybody understand that this is a widespread problem. He's also made it clear that Westchester County, New York City, these are the places with very big problems, but we do have it right here, and the health department is putting out numbers every single day, basically, that show that right here in Schenectady, Albany, Saratoga, there are dozens of cases, and those are only the confirmed cases. I mean, the real number is probably much higher. Yeah. I mean, we also, we watched President Trump with his press conferences, and they're they're a vastly different tone. I mean, not without, not getting political here, but just the fact that he sometimes, he seems like he's just going off his gut with his chats. I mean, there's a confl- it seems like there's a confl- conflicting message. Uh, you know, Governor Cuomo's putting out one message. President Trump's putting out another message. I mean, how do people dice- um, decipher what to, what to believe? Yeah, I mean, well, it's not easy, I don't think. I mean, uh, even the governor is putting out a very nuanced message. This is something we need to take seriously. This is something which can kill people, but most people who get it will recover just fine. So it's a very nuanced message. He's telling people not to panic, but he's also telling them to be very concerned. And I mean, I, I don't see that kind of subtlety coming from the president. Yeah. I mean, that make me doesn't make people out there who you know, obviously are Gazette readers and they, you know, I guess, like, do you tell them, you know, listen to what the governor's saying? This is this is not this is not he's not uh, faking. This is not a hoax. But nothing about Governor Cuomo says he's not telling the truth. He seems very sincere in everything he comes across. And if you want to contrast that to the president, I think you can. But the governor has a command of detail. He has a command of perspective. And hes I think he is trying really hard to let people know what's really going on without overblowing it or you know, underplaying it either. There's a lot of people out there really can't get out right now, quarantined. Uh, what can they do to get food, to get uh, supplies? What's, what, what can they do? Well, I think every county is now setting up a hotline or some system for getting groceries, getting the basic necessities to people who are either quarantined or you know maybe elderly people who just don't want to leave the house because they are the people most at risk. Schenectady County just started a hotline today, which is Wednesday. Uh, That number, if anybody wants to call it, is 518-621-3536. That is for non-medical emergencies. There is another number to call if you have medical questions. But what happened is that the medical number was getting so overwhelmed by people just looking for groceries or help with transportation or other basic necessities, the county decided they needed their own number. But again, I think every county is either setting this up or is going to be. Every county will have a hotline.
you know, you're out and about around the area. What What is the sense of the public with this situation? I mean, are, how much concern is out there with the public? And you know, are they lo- how much are they looking to you for answers? How much are they looking for the Gazette for answers? Oh, I think they are looking to the Gazette. They're looking to all media for answers. But I think they're going to get a much better, more accurate answer by watching the newspapers. I know I talk to people who get their information from TV who really do not have a good grasp. What's going on? So, read back to wrap up the podcast. Yeah. Which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify and Cashbox. Thank a you moment. very much, Ken. Hi, this is Ken Schott, Associate Sports Editor of the Daily Gazette and host of the Parting Shots podcast. The coronavirus has affected many American lives. To help prevent the spread of the coronavirus, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have the following tips. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue, then throw the tissue in the trash. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. Stay home when you are sick, except to get medical care. And finally, wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. For more information, go to www.cdc.gov COVID-19. Follow the Daily Gazette's continuing coverage of the coronavirus online at dailygazette.com and in the print edition. Welcome back to the podcast as we get ready to wrap it up. I want to remind you to uh, keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. I'd like to thank the Gazette's Pete DeMola, John Cropley, and Steve Williams for coming on the show. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day and stay safe.